Hello and welcome back to the podcast and thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts on Instagram at Bloodborne1, Facebook.com slash Bloodborne1, on Twitter at Bloodborne, YouTube.com slash Bloodborne, and most importantly, on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Bloodborne. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Echoes in the Dark. My name is Bloodborne, and I know it has been an extremely long time since the last episode, and I do apologize for that. Uh, we've been busy with a lot of different things, a couple different games, and uh, so this has unfortunately taken a little bit of a backseat, but uh, there actually has been some requests to bring it back, so uh, I want to do my best to get back on board with this as well, because I really do enjoy doing the podcast, and uh, it's a great way for me to talk about things and uh, and not be distracted, <laughs> quite frankly. So I actually really like doing this. Uh, one of the first things I want to jump right into is uh, the most recent investor presentation from EG7. Now, this might sound like a rehash of the one that we got like a year ago at this point. You know, it's kind of hard to sometimes differentiate some of the investor fluff. You know, you hear some of this terminology thrown around. You hear some stuff like, uh, you know, uh, major acquisitions in the last 12 months. And, uh, you know, we've got 16 offices and seven business units and all this stuff. And. You know, us as gamers, for the most part, don't care about that kind of stuff. We just want to know what is going to be happening with our game that we play all the time. Uh, is this good news? Is it bad news? What's the case? Um, now, there's a couple key takeaways from this presentation. And so I'll give you the kind of factual side of it. And then I'll give you uh, kind of my viewpoint or my interpretation of that and uh, a little bit of speculation as well. Now, in this presentation, uh, there is a particular slide that says exciting product slate for 2022 and beyond. And they talk about uh, fourth quarter being uh, of this year of 2021 and a broader release into 2022. Uh, and then they're talking about uh, 2022 kind of as a whole. And they've got some medium term stuff, which Lord of the Rings Online falls into. And then they have some longer term stuff. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about the um, unannounced AAA MMORPG that's in here, it's a Marvel IP-based massively uh, multiplayer online game. And so it's uh, being led by Jack Emmert, who designed and helmed City of Heroes and currently leads DCU, uh, DCU, or DC Universe Online. So... Uh, that's going to be kind of weird because this guy, this guy's going to be responsible for the two competing, you know, big uh, comic uh, IPs. And so that'll be interesting. And then well, this will all still be under the same hood. So uh, what's kind of interesting about that as a whole is that you have all of these very strong IPs, you know, so you have Lord of the Rings, you have DC. Now you have Marvel coming into the fold here. Um, so you have some of that stuff. Um, but you know what most people, uh, look to me for is the stuff around Lord of the Rings online. So 
I'm going to read some of the stuff directly out of this and uh, give you my take on it. So they refer to Lord of the Rings Online as perennially ranked as a top 10 MMO. Uh, it's the biggest and truest simulation of Tolkien's Middle Earth World Online. And along with Amazon's new streaming series, uh, reported to be the biggest budget series ever based on the Lord of the Rings IP, Daybreak is investing in a major revamp to upgrade the visuals, modernize the experience, and release on consoles. I know we've talked about that for the last year about the console thing. And if you've been in Twitch chat with me, we've, we've gone over it. We've talked about it a bunch. Um, there's a couple different avenues they could take with that. Now, um, I think it's still very, very, very smart for them to leverage the Amazon series, especially given the fact that the Amazon Lord of the Rings game, the MMO that they were going to be working on, got canceled. Since that got canceled, that really just leaves the door wide open for Standing Stone, Daybreak, EG7, that whole umbrella of companies to really make and do something pretty special with Lord of the Rings Online. So I know that there's some long-term players that have some fears regarding this. Um, there's probably equally as many uh, players that have never played the game that might now be exposed to this game, which can obviously ingest a lot of revenue, uh, which obviously can increase headcount and staff and things like that, or just you know, give them more profit. I don't know. So um, the, the console thing is intriguing to me because obviously that would have to be its own server, you know, or servers. And I think when you, when you break it down, a lot of people are like, there's, there's too many skills and menus and things like that. Well, something that we've talked about a lot too is updating, not just the graphics, but the UI. So if you're going to go through and update the UI and you're going to change that stuff around, you know, this, this is, it might actually be like a Lotro 2.0 at this point, because if you're getting, you know, revamped visuals, uh, updated UI, you're getting, um, specifically saying modernizing the experience and then also releasing on console, the game may evolve. Um, and I know that bothers some people about games evolving, but as a, a game that is a service, specifically something like an MMORPG, that is a game as a service. Customers pay for that service. Um, and in some cases they don't, you know, as if it's a free to play game, but it's a, it's an online service. It's not just a game. So that service has to evolve. And I guess it doesn't really have to evolve, but it's, it's pretty wise to evolve and adopt business strategies and things that are working in the market. Because as most players of Lord of the Rings online know, the player base over the 14 years has declined. Now it's, it's fairly steady at this point, uh, but I'm sure they would still love to have more people playing the game and exposed to the game. So consoles, if you're going to do that, um, one avenue they could take with consoles is actually just 
requiring keyboard mouse support since mo the two major modern consoles support keyboard and mouse. That's one way to do it. Um, I think it would probably still have to have controller support. And so I think there's definitely some things that would have to be done on that. And I just don't know, honestly, that just seems like a massive undertaking to do all that at this point. You know, you, you think about all the different menus and like, how would you navigate that stuff on a controller? Uh, obviously it has to be a, a little bit different of a game, you know, from, from that standpoint, but it got me thinking also the legendary item revamp. Okay. Look where, okay. We had a whole separate panel for legendary items, right? We had this whole separate thing with all these tabs and, you know, scrollable things and all that stuff. And now it is just using the socket control from essences on the character panel. So that kind of removed it because you, you st you're using an already existing system to handle two systems then, which is kind of good. Um, but it still opens up another window, but it still seems like they're trying to simplify things. Um, but even so, like trying to, trying to handle crafting and trying to handle, uh, like some of the, like thinking about doing a raid with 12 people on console. Like I, that part I have to look to like final fantasy 14 for like, how are people doing that with a controller? And I have seen the, the images of some of these people's controller layouts and the, the key com or button configurations that they have to use and combinations they have to use. It's pretty wild to be honest, but that's another way they can go. Uh, is to do all that stuff and any which way you want to look at this, it is a, it is a pretty large investment. Uh, and they do say that, you know, daybreak is investing in a major revamp to upgrade the visuals, modernize the experience and release on consoles. That's a lot of money. Like they understand that there's going to be a lot of people looking at the Lord of the Rings and having a game that is active up to date and well received at the same time, because we know the Amazon series is slated for five seasons at the very least so far. So you're talking at least five years and that starts next September. So, you know, that's definitely why they want to have this stuff rolling out. And here's the other big ticket item. While they're talking about this in an investor presentation, and this is saying it's a medium term goal, they're not going to say what work is being done right now. So especially because it's not a short term goal or a, a, uh, yeah, it's not a short term goal. So they're not going to like, we don't know how much of this work has already been done, how much is being done. And it actually brings up another point from this article and so one of the other companies under the EG7 umbrella is Piranha. Now Piranha had been working on MechWarrior 5 and MechWarrior 5 is winding down because that's more of a, just a title that releases. It doesn't require a whole lot of like upkeep and patching and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't need a full blown studio working on that. Now this is where it gets interesting 
because it says uh, the team further ramps down on Mech Warrior 5, talking about the Piranha team. The plan is to fully utilize Piranha's talented team to staff various key projects for the group, such as the Lord of the Rings online update. So basically you're taking another studio under this umbrella and you're, you're using those resources to like, you know, effectively doubling your studio because you're, you're getting all these people in here to help with all this other work that needs to be done. So that's pretty cool. Um, so obviously we've had Gundabad release as well. Um, kind of mixed on it. As per usual, the landscape for Gundabad is amazing. Love the interiors. The exteriors are great. Uh, the story is really good. Um, and those two things I feel like Lord of the Rings always gets. You know, it's got a great story and the writers for Lord of the Rings online have been at it for so long. They know what they're comfortable with. They know they've got a, I don't want to say they have a template for it, but you know, they've got some story beats that they want to hit when they tell stories. Uh, they, ha they have some cool stuff that they do with that. And the world builders are still actually finding new ways. Like the, the region of glooming tarn is, uh, not like one we've seen before. So there's some newer textures in there. Uh, some new design elements and that's pretty cool to still see after 14 years you can still get some new regions in there that look different and that are new and appealing the downside is like right now there's two dungeons that kind of have this mixed bag of you know um, success and like some people are saying it's super hard with their group comps and some people are saying it's super easy on even on tier three, but that always kind of happens with dungeons. The, the the thing that I've really kind of struggled with in recent updates with Lord of the Rings Online really comes down to the three-man dungeon. The game itself was built around four roles. Tank, heals, DPS, and support. Now, for me, like this is this is like total pipe dream. Like this this would never happen at this point. Like at least I don't think it would ever happen. Uh with a structure of having tank heals, DPS and support. And I'm talking true support too. Like you know, having your lore masters, burglars, uh, you know, blue sp or um yellow spect minis, stuff like that. I think this game would have been fantastic with four-person dungeons eight person dungeons as the like bigger group stuff and then still having your 12s for your raids because you're building on the on a factor of 4 so you know you got 4 8 and 12 great um 3 you know they're doing a 3 6 and 12 but the jump like doing higher tier 3s you you almost have to have certain group comps whereas doing a six person dungeon you know, you got to have tank heals and then the rest is like, it, you can build it how you want. You know, you've got some flexibility there. As long as you got some good DPS, you can throw some support in there and everybody has a, has a place in a six person dungeon. And especially in a 12 person dungeon, most like, unless there's a broken spec out there, which just absolutely is not effective. We've seen that happen before, but 
I think four, eight, and twelve would be pretty amazing. Um, but like I said, that that's just not a reality. It's not going to happen. So I think that's one of the bad bad sides of Gundabad is the dungeon situation because the raid is not even out yet. Um, and they they've kind of done that uh, pretty pretty on schedule with that you know with uh it's pretty on brand for them at this point rather you know you've got uh the past several updates the raid has not come out alongside the uh the release and it's been out further but seeing what we got with minas morgul like would we get six dungeons with that one i think and then they added more later on and the raid and we had uh three raids with it you know we had uh now granted they weren't all released at the same time but you had remercant you had um amdam damul and you had fall of Casa doom and so it seems like a lot more was invested into the story side and the the content because there's a lot of regions uh in and around gundabad that were released with this um so you had Matugard, you had Deepsgrave, you had Gloomingtarn, um, you have Cloven Gap, you have Welkinlofs, you have um, I, uh, Tarbronok, like Carbronok. I always want to say Tar because of all the other stuff. Um, to and the Pit of Stone Jaws. So you had all those in and around. And there's a lot of content there. They added all the missions, which I don't really care for missions, just in general. Um, I think it's kind of... Uh, I think it's kind of cheap content, if I'm being honest. Like, I I think you stick with the, the, the regular model for an MMO. When you have such a strong IP like Lord of the Rings, I think you can go with what's expected on that. You go with a uh, good story, check. Good landscape and world, check. Update the crafting, because that is, mm, that's not in a good spot. Uh, PVP is actually being updated right now. And then you have your dungeons and raids. Uh, obviously the game still has festivals and all that stuff. So everybody has something. And, you know, while I do applaud SSG for adding or attempting to add new game modes and things to do in the game. I don't think it's really what people want. Um, most of the people that I've interacted with either through Twitch or YouTube or Reddit or discord or in the game haven't been like, yeah, this, you know, missions are awesome or you know big battles were amazing or mounted combat was just the best thing ever like i i appreciate the drive to want to innovate but doing it just for the sake of it i don't think should be the case like avoid that you know you stick with what works you make people happy with continuing to produce great quality content in those spaces I think that's where you, I think that's where as a developer, you win. You don't always have to be, you know, innovating. You don't always have to. If you've got some killer idea that 
is going to work and systematically works and it performs well, great. That's awesome. But just don't do it at the expense of those other things. Those other core pieces of your experience, you have to have there and they have to be good. Uh, and we, we've been spoiled in the past with things like Minds of Moria, you know, for players that have been around from the beginning, you know, having the Rift of Nurzgashu, having Heligrod, having, you know, the Watcher and Darnarbagud and, you know, the Moria instances with some of their iconic stuff and, you know, going up into Karn Doom and Urugarth and Barad Guleron, uh, and even Barad Gulur, even though it wasn't one of my favorites, the Tower of Orthanc and those dungeons, we've been pretty spoiled with dungeon based content. So we, <laughs> they've kind of set a high bar for themselves and they kind of need to stick to it. Um, I think what I would like to see given the model that has worked in the past, uh, two, three mans, three, six mans, two, 12 mans. I think that, and you can still spread the raids out. I'm, I'm fine with that and having progression and gear score that I'm fine with that. But I think that that is enough content. Uh, even if you did, and then, you know, bring out another batch in a dot update or something like that, I think that would be fine. Um, but those are, you stick with what works. I love the fact that there, there is an investment being made in PVP again, having Fantas working on PVP. They have an active discord over there that is full of people providing feedback and changing that and all that stuff. And that is great. PVP is some of the most fun I've ever had in the game aside from raiding. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. Like I understand that, but that's, that's part of what makes an MMO so great is having all of these core elements that work. You know, the more people that you can get in the game because there is an element for them, you know, obviously the more revenue you're going to get, the more people play in the game, you're going to get the more buzz, the more hype, yada, yada, yada. It goes on and on and on. Right. Okay. Um, so I think that's kind of where we are with good to bad. I think me, I'm kind of right in the middle on it because I think, like I said, the world and the storytelling, perfect. It's just, it was great. Uh, and I'm not out even all the way through. I, I still got, a, I think a couple story chapters left and, um, I have two of the regions left. I have, uh, Cloven Gap and the Welkin Lofts and then I'm done. So yeah, that's where we are with Lord of the Rings online. Now, as most of you know, I have also been playing New World for a long time. Um, I've experienced a lot of that stuff as far back as uh, 2018 at TwitchCon. It was where I was kind of introduced to it. it was, you know, I had a buddy uh, from an organization I was in at the time say, like, hey, you want to go uh, check out this new MMORPG from Amazon? I'm like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go check it out. And so we did a little private meet and greet thing with them and got to preview it way back then. And I've, you know, been in different iterations of alphas, betas, previews, all that stuff, and now launch. And while I can say the game has changed in a good way for the most part, there are some things that I didn't get to experience 
at the larger scale that I am right now that I'm actually kind of disappointed in. If you have not played New World and you don't know how the gearing works and all that kind of stuff, uh, I'll dive into it a little bit here. So, you know, you level up and I, most people that I've talked to or had like read through stuff on forums or Reddit or anything like that had a, a pretty decent leveling experience. You know, the world was cool. Um, you know, the quests were, were pretty similar, but you know, that's a, a pretty common complaint in MMOs and RPGs in general is just, you know, if you have a large leveling, uh, experience, you're, you're going to have a lot of same quest types with just different dialogue and different things to, you know, acquire X amount of whatever. And you know, whatever we, we get that. That's that, that shit doesn't bother me. Okay. Um, once you get to end game though, once you get to 60 and there's basically a system in place that will take you far longer than leveling did, uh, that is kind of, it's kind of messy. So let me explain. So there's six dungeons in the game. There's one at 25, 35, 45. Uh, there's 55. And then there's two level 61s. I think that's how it goes. But anyway, the, the last two. Um, you don't really want to do those unless your, um, your gear score watermarks are at 590, 591 or higher, uh, because it basically you're wasting your resources then to get these upgrades. So if you do the quest, you can unlock the tuning orbs or the keys to go in the dungeons. The tuning orbs can also be crafted if your crafting is up at, you know, 200 on stone cutting and, uh, something else for the, for the two top tier ones. Okay. So crafting is a very large time investment and resource investment. Uh, doing the quest to get the two keys per dungeon is a decent investment, but once you use those two keys, they're, they're gone. Um, and to get some of the other components that you need to craft the keys, you have to go do some of the world events. You got to do a decent amount of them. Um, and again, you want to have a whole separate set of gear that has a stat called luck on it so that your, your drop, uh, rate is higher and better. So you have to get this set of gear and do all this other work to get to the point where you can go to the elite areas and do uh basically elite farming you just run in our case we run to the same three bosses they're on a pretty decent respawn timer to where you beat one you go to the next one you beat that one go to the next one and then when you beat the third one and go back to the first one he's respawned so you can just sit there and run in a circle and slowly edge up your your gear score watermarks and that is the current state of like PVE end game, which is not good. That is not a good content loop to be in. Um, you know, if I had the ability to make a good, good, like I'm just assuming my, uh, assuming my suggestion is good. 
not that anybody else has had this uh suggestion would be get rid of the keys like there's enough other stuff to do with crafting that and let just let people go farm dungeons if they want to do that that's part of mmos is farming dungeons that's you gotta understand that's what people want to do um and on the the pvp side of things um for the first couple weeks one of the pvp modes was turned off because it was bugged and broken and causing people to get completely stuck and like in in recoverable states it was bad uh the wars were super laggy um but still fun uh and then so there were just there's a lot of things going on with new world and i i've said this before i feel like it's just a couple patches away from being good like it's still fun but you get into this content loop of of farming these bosses to get your gear up and before you can even really go do the last two dungeons with purpose like there's nothing stopping anybody from going and doing the dungeons it's just it's not the best use of your resources which kind of sucks so that's that's kind of what's going on with new world I know I spent like way less time on that one, but that one's a little bit more straightforward because it's, it's just released, you know, and it's, it's, it's been out for what, two months. Um, they're going to get loads more feedback on it being live than when it was in beta and preview and alpha and all that stuff. Uh, just because there's, there's more eyes on it. There's more hands on it. Um, so, and there's, there's more play styles playing it. Uh, there's more combinations happening. There's more permutations of all these different things that can happen. And, you know, like thinking about any real uh, online game release, there really hasn't been one that hasn't had its issues. Now, there's definitely been a lot of stuff that's caused some issues like gold duping and item duping and all that stuff. And I don't want to get on it. That's been... You know, that's been beaten to death at this point. Like you can go find all that stuff on forums and whatnot. It's just like, it's a bad thing that happened in the game. Uh, it caused a lot of issues for the economy and that's where it's at. So, um, I'm still looking forward to the future of new world. I think it does have a good future. Um, I'm also looking forward to Ashes of Creation. They're still chugging away. Uh, I think the future of Lotro is is definitely more interesting at this point. Um, let's see what they do going forward. But um, also just like in general, I don't, you know, we've, it's such a good time to be a nerd. Let me tell you, we got all these awesome shows on right now. We got these awesome games that we get to play. Uh, it's just, it's a great time to be a nerd. Let me tell you, um, been watching through wheel of time, watched through foundation, which I thought was amazing. Uh, and then, you know, we got Witcher coming out in a couple weeks for season two. We've got Lord of the Rings on prime next September. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff I'm forgetting <laughs> at this point. Cause there's so much stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for all the stuff that is coming out. And if I can throw out one, you know, 
piece of advice, and I know most people won't listen to this, and that's totally fine. Just enjoy. Just enjoy. You know, everybody wants to pick apart so much stuff and find the problems and the holes and the, you know, the disconnects and the the incongruencies and the inconsistencies and all these things and compare it to, you know, you know, this, this isn't like it was in the book. Well, no shit. It's not the book. It's a movie or it's a show. Let it be its own thing. You know, uh, if it wasn't, if it was going to be the exact same as the book, you wouldn't need the show. Like Why? It's just waste of millions of dollars to make a show that is already in text. You know, just let them be their own things. Don't compare things to everything. Just, you know, I, I talked about this so many times and I use the Hobbit trilogy as an example. This is the best movie trilogy out there. No, <laughs> it's not. You know, if you actually sit there and dissect it, it's not a great movie set. But the important thing for me is that I was entertained. That is what it is. It's a form of entertainment. I don't have to sit there and pick it apart and destroy it and, you know, compare it to the Lord of the Rings. It's not the Lord of the Rings. Yes, it's in the same universe. Yes, it has the same characters. And yes, it was by the same studio and same directors and all that stuff. But they're not the same. And comparing it to the books, you know, the, the argument I always hear with it. How did they take this, you know, little children's book and turn it into three movies? Well, that's a whole separate thing, but, you know, just enjoy it. You know, it doesn't have to be that book. It's this movie. Did you have fun watching it? And it wasn't until afterwards when you sat down and decided to dissect it that you didn't like it? I don't know, but... Just try to enjoy. And if you are going to critique critique something, give feedback on it. Don't bitch and complain about it. Give feedback on it. There is a difference. All right. That's going to do it for this one. Um, Make sure you're hitting up all of the other formats that I use. Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok discord all that stuff make sure you hit up all those links and everything and uh, i look forward to doing this more Uh, i really want to get some other people on here to talk with me because i think that's far more interesting than just me talking at you for a half an hour but here's hoping that we can make this more frequent and i can bring more people in and talk about these things because obviously there's so much to talk about with gaming and there's so much to talk about with general nerdiness so uh like i said that's good do it for me make sure you hit up all the other stuff and uh we will see you all again very soon take care